I had just made the biggest career move of my life. I moved from a number one show in Columbus, Ohio, where we had a 20 share. That means one in five people listening to the radio were listening to that station to our morning show. And I went to Phoenix to take a big risk because we all have to take risks in life, right? How did it turn out? It did not go the way I had expected it to. And I'll tell you all about it this week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. So I'm 27 years old, and when you're 27 years old and nothing has ever gone badly for you in your life, you get kind of cocky. You're like, I can take on the world. I mean, I had gone from this radio station in Colorado to do mornings in Las Vegas when I was 21 years old, and then I went to, um, uh, I was 23, then I went to Columbus, Ohio, and that station, we took it from worst to first, and we had a 20 share, which in radio is crazy and we were having a great time and we for the most part were getting along and everything was wonderful and so then they said Dave you're doing so well here we're going to send you to a radio station in Phoenix to rescue this radio station this radio station is really struggling and we really think that you could be the fix that it needs so I am like you goddamn right I can do it so I very confidently get on an airplane, and go to Phoenix, Arizona. And I moved there, and we tried everything, and it sounded great, and we worked really hard, and the guy that I worked with worked hard, and the woman that I worked with worked hard, and and, and we we failed, and we tanked. And, and uh, uh, about 15 months later, we all got fired. Wow. We all got fired. The radio station was called KZZP. They changed their call letters to KVRY, VRY, Variety. And then they started playing Elton John and Genesis and Billy Joel. Um, and then I was fired, or in radio terms, they call it, I was on the beach. I was on vacation. I was on the beach and I didn't have a job. And here I was, flabbergasted, floored. How could that have fucking happened? It was crazy. I didn't get fired. They used to say, you know what? You've never been in radio until you've been fired at least once. I was like, well, not me. Only losers get fired. So here I was, one of those losers that had gotten fired. And it was really hard on me because I felt like I'd been set up. I kind of felt like I'd been betrayed. Uh, I got fired over the phone. Check this out. So there were rumors going around the radio station that they were going to change formats and fire everybody. Um, and I heard about this and so I was like, wow, really? Well, I hope it doesn't include me. So I went in and I talked to the general manager and the program director and I, I, I'll never forget it. I was in a chair facing the general manager. The program director was to my left and the general manager, the big guy was behind his desk. And I said something like, you know, I've heard these rumors and I I just want to, you know, be, you know, can you give me some assurance that even if there is a big change, that I will still be here? The general manager was one of the worst general managers ever. A nice person, but not a good, respected leader. And his, he had no poker face at all. He looked, after I asked him, 
am I still safe? He looked at the program director with a look like, oh, fuck, help me out. And I knew at that moment that I was going to get fired too. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he did say something like, no matter what happens, we'll take care of you. You know, you have a contract and if anything does happen, your contract will get paid off. Well, that's kind of like saying, well, we're going to fire you, but we're going to pay every contract. So, uh, Julie, I was seeing Julie at the time, Julie and I left on a Friday cause we knew that was it. We knew that was the weekend that everybody was going to get fired. So we went to the grand Canyon and we spent the day at the grand Canyon that night. I got back and there was a, um, a, a voicemail on my hotel room phone. Call the boss. I called the boss, and he basically told me over the phone that we were all fired. He said, yeah, I hate to tell you this, but yeah, we're up your... Actually, I think it was voicemail. You know what? It wasn't over the phone. It was voicemail. Wow. So then it gets just a little bit more humiliating. So he calls. He says, Dave, I've got some bad news. It's all over. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's all coming to an end. We're letting everybody go. Give me a call. So I call him, his babysitter answers the phone. She's probably 16 years old. And I said, hi, can I talk to Steph? Who's this? What's Dave Ryan? (gasps) Oh my God, Dave Ryan. I am such a fan. I love your show. Oh my God. They're not out right now, but they're not home right now, but oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And I'm like, well, this sucks because here's a girl that doesn't know that I just got fired. Who's telling me how much she loves our show. Failure hurts. Failure is one of those things where we're reeling from it. We didn't expect it. Maybe we saw it coming. Maybe we hoped it wouldn't come. Maybe we thought we could put it off. Maybe we never saw it in a million years. And all of a sudden, boom, there is failure. Sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we're not good at it. Sometimes we've never dealt with it before, like I never dealt with it. I didn't work for about three months, and I had a couple of offers, but I didn't really, you know, there was like an oldie station. There was a station in Cleveland that I didn't really want to work at. Then there was a station across the street that was a like a hip-hop station, and they they hired me. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'd love to have you here. Yeah, you're, you're good. We'll have you over here at this hip-hop station. Uh, for two years, we struggled at that hip hop station. I was not a fit for the hip hop station. Um, the afternoon guy was a really cool hip black guy. And I remember saying, he said something like we hired Dave Ryan, the squarest DJ in the world. And that's kind of how I sounded. I was, I did not belong on a hip hop station. Um, uh, and it's just not me. I mean, it, it, especially back then when hip hop was not mainstream, it was its own genre. And it still is. But back then, there were kids that listened to uh, like pop rock and there were kids that listened to hip hop. But I was not a hip hop kind of a person. Two years there, I got fired after a show from the state fair. The boss came to my car or walked me to my car and he's like, yep, it's all over. You know, sorry. Uh, Failure again, twice in two years. Now, I remember I read something sometime around then that said something something like, I wish I could remember it, but it said something like, you know, whenever I feel down, I look at my past accomplishments and I remember that I can believe in myself. Now, you look at your past accomplishments when you feel down or you feel dejected or you feel like something didn't go right at work, you're not being heard at work or this didn't go well or your relationship didn't go well. Look at your past successes and realize, you know what, you can bounce back from this. Um, 
a couple of months later, I applied for a job here at KDWB. And I kind of lucked out a little bit because I know I knew the morning show assistant. His name was Rick. And Rick told me long before the industry knew about it, he said, hey, they're going to fire Steve Cochran. I told them about you and you should apply and you should send some audio right now and get it to us. Now, back then, there was no computers that you could send an MP3. You made a tape and you sent it. So I sent them a tape. And uh, they, I, I thought, I'll never get a job at KDWB. KDWB is a legendary radio station. It's legendary now and was legendary back then in 1993. But I sent the tape. They said, hey, we're going to be flying around doing some interviews. We'd like to fly you to San Francisco where we're interviewing some other shows and we'd like to interview you too. So I did the interview. I went back to my hotel room. And um, one of the stories in my in the, from the interview was, you know, there there was four of us. There was the big guy, the other big guy, and then there was a guy that was a little bit beneath them. Now they were all nice, but one of them was a little bit intimidating. And so they're all. I was like kind of on edge, and you know, you're doing an interview and you're in a beautiful restaurant, and. Uh, so they're all telling like jokes, like, you know, like, did you hear about the guy that walked into the church and blah, blah, blah. Then it kind of came to me and I knew, holy shit, I'm interviewing for the morning show job at KDWB. They all told a, told a joke. I better come up with a joke right now. So the joke I told, you need a little bit of a backstory because you might not remember this. In 1993, uh, the Branch Davidian compound was a cult in Texas. And it was sealed off, and there was one guy in there, David Koresh, who was the cult leader, and he sealed it off from you know from the government. The government surrounded it, and they told him to surrender because he had kids and families in there, and he would not surrender to the government. Uh, so the FBI um, uh, told him to surrender, and he did not. So somehow the building got set on fire, and dozens of people died in this building. It's a horrible, tragic story. Okay. So there's what you need to know about that. You might remember, you might not. It was called the Branch Davidians, and it was in Texas. So they look at me like, well, you got a joke? And I'm like, oh, shit, I better come up with a joke. And I said, did you hear that the American Lung Association is really happy? No, why is that? Because 100 people just stopped smoking in Texas. And I got a laugh. I got a laugh out of it. And I remember thinking, oh, God, oh, I can't believe I told that joke, but they laughed. <sighs> I don't think you tell that joke now in a corporate setting and people would laugh. You might be able to tell it at your, like, I don't know, at a bar with your friends, but they laughed. But I still didn't think I did very well. I went back to the hotel. I called Susan and, um, and then she said, how'd you do? And I said, not very well, but they liked me. They flew me out here for another interview. And when I was here, they offered me the job. Holy crap. I had gone from being fired twice in, in two years to getting the morning show job in America that everybody wanted. Um, uh, is a legendary station. They weren't going to change formats, so I knew I had a job for a while. I thought if I lasted at KZZP or KZZP, KDWB for a couple of years, I'd be doing pretty well. Never would I have imagined that 26 plus years later, I'd still be here. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I'm not trying to make this all about my journey at KDWB, but the first year or two, it wasn't good. People didn't like us. People kept asking, where is Steve Cochran? What happened to Steve Cochran? This new guy sucks. And some of the people that I worked with were not supportive. 
Um, some of the people that I worked with were also missing Steve Cochran and didn't like this new guy who wasn't even from here, who had never even set foot in Minnesota before this job. So failure. How do we recover from it? You know, I think you just do. You either decide not to or you just decide that you will. I mean, I think that one of the things that helps us all out is we've heard so many things about failure and the positive side of failure. Hey, listen, remember this next time you fail or next time you get fired or next time somebody dumps you or next time you lose $400 at the casino, that there are so many stories that start with failure that end in some sort of success. Remember mine, that I got fired twice. I'd never been fired before. I wasn't even 30 years old. I've been fired twice from big jobs. But if I hadn't been fired, I wouldn't have been free to take this job that has changed my life for the positive um, so many times over the years. Uh, remember, we've also heard so many people say, like, wasn't it Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison failed at inventing the light bulb like 900 times, but he kept trying because with each failure, you learn something. And you know this, and I'm not going to make this all about a lecture about you know, hey, how to get out of recover from failure, because I think we've heard enough to know that we can definitely recover from failure. It's a choice. It's a choice of whether we want to recover from it or whether we don't want to recover from it. I'll give you one more quick story. Colonel Sanders, the guy, Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, um, from what I understand, and I'll get this story, I'll get it mostly right. He was like 65 or 70, and he had a great chicken recipe, and it was awesome. And he would travel around the South trying to sell it to gas stations and restaurants, and nobody would buy it. And he knew it was good, and so he got rejected hundreds of times. And we all know how great Kentucky Fried Chicken is, but for whatever reason, nobody wanted to buy it. They didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to take a chance. So he said, screw it. I'm going to open up my own chicken restaurant, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And so he did, and the rest is history. Um, but of course you can't call it fried anymore. So they call it KFC. Let's talk to not talk to, but I'm going to read some posts here. Uh, cause I posted on the uh, Facebook page for take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Said, tell me about your failure and how you recovered from it. And Eric is on our uh, Facebook page. He said, my wife suddenly died in 2008. Fast forward to 2012. I was in Las Vegas and met a fellow widow whose husband died in the same fashion. Her and I connected on a special level. I decided to move to Washington State to be with her. It turned out she liked my sergeant at my job better than me. I think Eric was either in the military or he was a police officer. That was only two and a half months in. I was faced with a situation to move back home or stay. I decided to come back to Minnesota. It led me to the job that I'm currently in, and honestly, it's been the best move I've made in a long time. So in hindsight... I should thank her for choosing my sergeant and not me. Eric, that's amazing. And that's what I think life teaches us is that sometimes, you know, they, they like to say things happen for a reason. I don't believe that things happen for a reason. When a kid gets hit, hit by a train, it's, that's, that doesn't happen for a reason. But I will say that some things that seem really bad, like getting dumped or getting fired, can actually turn into a blessing if you look and wait. Amber says... Um, she basically said that she took a course this summer on statistics and she wanted to finish her master's degree, but she wasn't doing well. She was doing badly on her tests. And then one of her colleagues said, what do you call the bottom student in medical school? She said, what? She said, you call him doctor. 
doctor in medical school, even the bottom student, like the top person in class, will still be a doctor when he or she graduates. I reminded myself of this. Um, wait, I reminded myself that I chose this. If I wanted to pass the class, I needed to be much more serious about it. I ended up staying in class and passed. I'm going to graduate in December. Here's Lindsay. She says, I was fired from a dead-end call center job. I ended up going back to school and got my nursing license. I got the motivation to do what I always wanted. Best thing that ever happened to me. Um, a couple of more stories. My first relationship, says Robert, was a total bust. I lived in Shakopee. She lived in Lakeville. Now, if you're not from the Twin Cities, Shakopee and Lakeville are probably a good 30-minute drive away at least. We never had time to hang out. I had college in Iowa Monday through Friday. She was a junior or senior. I don't remember in high school. So all we really did was text. So not really a good or healthy relationship. And then she would cancel plans at the last minute. Well, it turned out she was cheating, if you can call it that, the whole time. So what lesson did I learn? It's don't trust people who are from Lakeville. Uh, he says, but now my lesson is everything happens for a reason. She's off and married and I'm in a good, healthy relationship and happy. Again, I don't necessarily believe that everything happens for a reason, but in that case it did. She dumped him. She cheated on him and she found, he found somebody else. Um, uh, Jen, she says, my failure was a failed marriage. I learned, uh, my learned lesson is that my kids and I deserve better. So we went out and we found it. Hey, thanks for all those lessons. I appreciate it. Here's a really good one. I saved this one for last because Nina has a really powerful one. And I want you to listen to this because this is really laying it out there. This is taking everything that you've got and laying it out on the line and failing. Listen to, listen to Nina's story. I started a business in the Caribbean, all eggs in the basket. I didn't want to be in my 60s one day and say what my mother said. Her mother said, we gave up everything to be your parents, and our lives became mundane. She said, I didn't want to have that regret. I wanted my kids to grow up with adventure and excitement and live outside of my comfort zone. So I think what she's saying is just because she was a parent, she didn't want to make everything about her kids, and then their lives become mundane. Because I'll tell you, if you do make everything about your kids, your kids grow up. And then what do you have? You look at each other and you go, oh my God. So I think that I've been really good at... Yeah, focusing on Carson and my kids, but also having a life away from that too. I advise you to try the same thing. Anyway, so they moved to the Caribbean, her and her husband. She said, I wanted to wake up by the sounds of nature, not cars. I wanted to be somewhere that didn't have traffic or corporate nonsense, just beaches and calm. Being there was the opposite of that. Someone tried to kidnap my six-month-old. My neighbor tried to kill my dog. Not only did the business fail miserably, but we weren't very welcome, and it was very hard on my marriage. I actually had to leave the island because it wasn't equipped adequately to my needs for pregnancy. Once I was back on U.S. soil, I literally kissed the ground. I regret going because of what happened, but I'm glad we took a chance because I would have regretted not taking that chance. Now I'm super happy to sit in traffic, and I found a new passion in life, which is personal training, and my kids have great medical coverage, and I couldn't be happier. I'm glad you went. I'm really glad you went, Nina, because... You're like a lot of people. They say that it's not the things that we did that we regret. It's the things we didn't do that we regret. And that's worth examining for a minute. I mean, Nina doesn't regret going to the Caribbean. But what if she was 60 years old and said, God, I wish that I had gone to the Caribbean back when I was 32 or back when I was 42 or whatever, back when I could have. 
wouldn't you have more regrets about what you didn't do than what you did? I don't know. I guess it depends on what you did. Maybe you would, robbing a bank would probably be something that you won't regret not doing. But maybe going back to school, you'll never regret it. You don't regret the things that you, what did I just say? You don't regret the things that you did where you regret the things you didn't do. So maybe you're 42 years old, maybe you're 32, maybe you're 22. And you're going, you know what? I should go to XYZ school and I should become an engineer or I should become a photographer. I should become a wedding planner. Yeah, go do it. Because what if in 10 years you're going, I should have done that. What if in 40 years and it's too late and you're going, I should have done that. All right. So I just really, I really thought that we'd talk about failure this week and how failure sometimes is success or opportunity disguised as something else. And I like that too. Success, what fail, sometimes I forget what I just said. Failure is sometimes success disguised as something else. All right, so um, we always read a chapter out of the book. Uh, and this one kind of comes to mind because Susan, just this last week, she moved her dad into assisted living. And, uh, you know, my, grandki- my grandkids, my kids, Allison and Carson, they know their grandpa and they remember when he was younger and more healthy and he could get around. And then he's kind of bent over and he shuffles and he just got a rascal scooter today and he's 86 years old. But Susan's brother is down there helping clean out his house and he found pictures and old pictures. He had to have found a picture of Susan's dad when he was 20 years old in his army uniform and he looks handsome and he looks proud. That's the major look on his face. I'll be honest with you. It's a look of pride. He really looks like, you know what, he came from a small town in Ohio where he probably made like 10 cents an hour working down at the store or the movie theater or whatever. Now he was proud. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about having meaning? And if you work at a grocery store, you know what, you might not feel like if you have a lot of meaning. But to him, apparently, when he joined the Army, he had meaning. And we all want to feel like we have meaning. We talked about that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, go back a couple of uh, podcasts and listen to that one again. But there's a picture of him that they found. And she sent it to me. Susan, her brother sent it to Susan. Susan sent it to me. And I said, show that to Sue, to Allison and Carson, my kids, because I think it's good for them to know that even though grandpa is old and bent over and has trouble remembering anything now, at one point, here he was, a soldier, and he was proud and young and handsome And his whole life was ahead of him. Show that to the kids so they won't just think of him as an old man. So one of my favorite chapters in the book is chapter five. Most old people were young once. And I've read this in before on the podcast because, like I said, it's one of my favorites. I was at a pancake breakfast and a couple came in who had to be in their 80s. They kept to themselves and they ate quietly. I started up a conversation by asking, are you from around here? Turns out they lived in town for 57 years and told me all about how the town had changed over time. All they needed was someone to ask them about it. Same pancake same pancake breakfast. The guy serving sausage was at least 80 years old as well. I got him talking. I found out that his great-grandparents moved to town in 1853. And he had great memories about how they used to get along so well with the Native Americans in the area. They even had a park in town named after this couple. We often forget that old people used to be young, especially young people forget that at one time 
those old people that you're looking at, your relatives or the old man in JCPenney or whatever, was younger than you. We forget that. We fail to realize that they don't talk about bursitis and share vivid descriptions of their bowel. We for, oh, we fail to realize that they don't talk about bursitis and share vivid descriptions of their bowel patterns. Nope, they actually have a wealth of things to talk about if only we take the time to talk. I confused myself a little bit there. Uh, not only was it fascinating to hear these stories, I came away feeling like I made their day a little bit brighter by showing some genuine interest in them. Talk to old people. They won't be around much longer to tell you their story. You know what, as I read that, I wonder if the people at the pancake breakfast are still around or not. And that was a good 10 years ago, so it's very possible that they're not. Anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast. Oh, we have some emails, just a couple of quick emails. And I appreciate the emails coming in, so let me uh, get over to that. Here we go. This is from Lauren. Lauren says, thanks so much for your podcast. Being in sales, I spent a lot of time on the road and hearing a friendly voice outside of 6 to 10 can be really nice. I love your discussion uh, about what Lena and Fallon battle with the brain pickers. Because a couple of weeks ago or last week, I was talking about how Lena and Fallon have something in common. They're both very successful and smart, and they do podcasts that get a ton of uh, listens, and um, uh, they are both you know, creative, and they get people all the time that say, hey, can I take you to coffee and pick your brain? And Fallon and, and Lena both say, I, I can't. I can't help everybody. I don't have a half an hour three times a week to go to Caribou and let somebody pick my brain. And, and I love to help people, but at one point, it's like, what, why, why, why should I? And I kind of get that. It's like, well, what do you get out of it? You want to help people, but you can't help everybody. She says, because of the job that I have, medical device sales, I get a lot of people asking to pick my brain or network. Pretty sure, honestly, they're hoping that I'm going to offer them a job. Um, I've done a handful because I definitely called people for informational interviews when I was in college. So it feels like paying it forward. That said, it gets old. Last time I finally wrote down the FAQs that I'm asked, I put it all together on a nice PDF. Now when somebody asks me, I send them that list. And I tell them if they still have questions, let me know. Yeah, it took probably an hour to put that PDF together, but it's an hour that I had to spend one time versus an hour every time somebody asks me, can I pick your brain? It's saying no without saying no. And I had talked about on the podcast how Adam from Adam Ruins Everything he also gets people all the time saying, can I pick your brain? And he says, I don't respond to anybody except women and people of color. And he had said that white males get enough help. They already have an advantage. They already have a leg up. I'm not going to help them, but I will help women and people of color. So Lauren goes on to say, I was surprised to hear about Adam ruins everything, only responding to women and people of color because they need the help. I agree with you that to discriminate based on race or sex is no better toward a white man than it is toward a black woman, for example. Plus, there are so many other factors such as education, upbringing, and income that can have a huge effect on how privileged someone is. I was actually found myself taken aback as a woman for the suggestion that I would need the help more than a man. Maybe that sounds like someone in poverty refusing a casserole, quote, because they don't need handouts. But I fully believe that I am as capable as I decide myself to be. Um, not even sure if you can read that on the podcast without backlash in 2019, but those are my thoughts. Thanks again. Have a great week from Lauren. Lauren, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Lauren goes on to say, she said, 15 years ago, P.S., Dave, you said on the radio that you dress for a run based on the weather being 20 degrees warmer 
than what it is. So in other words, if it's 30 degrees outside and you're going for a run, dress as if it's 50 degrees. If it's 50 degrees outside, dress as if it's 70 degrees. It's not my advice. I read it somewhere. She says, I've used that advice ever since, and it's never steered me wrong. So just to know, I think about you every time I decide to go for a run. Ha ha. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much. Uh, I was going to read another email, but we're going to have to save that for next time because we're running out of time a little bit on the podcast. But Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got something out of this. And just remember, there will be failures in your life, just like mine. Bitter, awful public failures, and you will be fine. And you'll probably learn something from it, too. So next time it happens, you know what? Just swallow hard and just determine that you're going to get past it. And you will. Hey, check out the book. It's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's available everywhere and on Amazon and itaskabooks.com. If you want to bring it down to the radio station sometime and have me sign it, be more than happy to do that. Drop me an email. We'll set that up. Email me for anything, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. There is a Kindle version of the book. I don't have an audio version. I should have done an audio version. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I still could. Uh, and finally, the Facebook page. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Just go like and follow and all that and comment and post and whatever you want to do. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend about the podcast if you think they might like it. And check out other fine podcasts. Today's National Podcasting Day. I'm recording this on Monday, the 30th of September. Uh, today's National Podcasting Day. Check out Fallon's podcast. Check out Steve's Murder Monday. Check out our After the Show podcast called The Minnesota Goodbye. And I just listened to Jenny, Weather Girl Jenny, and Web Girl Tina's podcast. It's called Too Lame for Radio. I loved it. I'd never heard their podcast before. I listened to two half an hour episodes and they basically it's eavesdropping on two friends talking and it's like a sitcom because one is bold and edgy and kind of dirty and uh, loves to party and the other one is very sweet but likes to go to bed early and so there's a great contrast between these two and they get along and you can tell they're friends and they give each other a hard time. It's great. It's called Too Lame for Radio. I think they need to change the title, honestly, because I don't think that title fits what they do on the podcast at all. It's not lame at all. I think it should be something more about, did you hear what she said? Or what? That's a good title for it. What? What did you just? I don't know. Anyway, have a great week and we'll see you next time on the podcast. And thanks for listening to Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything.